This is Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew, and this is my co-host, Spencer. We want to bring you an American perspective on the world game. Welcome back to another episode of Fish and Fries. I'm Andrew here with my guy Spencer. And Spencer, this is day consecutive day 794 of a just chalk Premier League where Manchester City sits on top. So I guess we'll have to find something to talk about. It's just uh, another run of the mill, run of the mill Saturday. City got it done, and you know nothing bad happened, right? Um, <laughs> not quite Andrew, unfortunately. Not oh city's, no, city's going through it just much like a uh, number one city fan over here. Me, they are going through it right now, Andrew. <laughs> uh, just an extra emotional burden upon my shoulders right now is watching a Rodriguez, Kevin De Bruyne-less city just flounder away by their standards. Um. <laughs> Uh, it's tough, Andrew. It's tough. I'm not going to lie to you. It fucking sucks. <laughs> hey, look, all of us not in first out here, we're just on the same level. We're just scrapping for, you know, scrapping for whatever we can get. So I can relate to you completely. And that should be uh, that should be the most depressing part of all of it. Um, we have the uh, in case you aren't aware of what we're talking about, Spencer's mighty, mighty Manchester City were dethroned both in the weekend versus their arch rivals. <clears throat> Our rivals Arsenal and Spurs have been able to keep up their good hot start and currently sit on top of the Premier League table headed into an international break. So I think I think we first kind of got to get to uh, your boys over there, Arsenal and City. And you guys have dropped two straight games, Spencer. Is this correct? That is correct, Andrew. And we should just, you know, address the elephant in the room here. We we had a great episode where we broke down the oh, yeah. loss to Wolves last week, but um, you know, corrupted audio files decided otherwise that that would never be released to the masses. So that one just stays in the holster. That's why we're a little late here, but broke down the whole Wolves loss. And essentially what we said during that one was, at least myself, that it was a bit fluky, you know, teams not gelling perfectly, but you know, everything's kind of fine and you know, City Land, just one of those weird games that happens throughout the season. Um, I tend to side on the sentiment that that kind of happened again. I don't think either team was great in this game, but City didn't do much of anything. They had, you know, a couple chances like early. Ake had a miss. Um, Raya almost had a giveaway to Alvarez that resulted in a goal, but otherwise City was really, really quiet in this game. Arsenal didn't have a ton of chances themselves either, but one right off of Nathan Ake's face from Martinelli, and, you know, when you're not generating a lot. Yeah. Yeah, when you're not generating a lot, that's the margin sometimes, Andrew, is it just takes it one bounce off a defender's nose and – Wrong foots the keeper, and you're leaving with zero points. Yeah, and and it's to me the 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 biggest takeaway of this game because like it's soccer, anybody can win one nil. Um, Arsenal's a good team, right? And Manchester City have been the dominant force in this league for a long, long time. But um, dropping two in a row, um, 
to me it feels like they weren't up for this game really outside of like the almost like disaster class by david raya on that like clear to me it didn't feel like the goal was coming right when you play against a good team right city arsenal you see this a lot of times in the champions league when you're the lesser team you feel like uh oh the goal is coming right whether it's expected or not expected sometimes it just happens out of nowhere right but to me in this game like city never felt dangerous and i don't know if i don't know if that's something you you were feeling as well with this team but just like a pep guardiola side that doesn't feel dangerous is a is a reality we have not known that is a you know i mean you're starting Erling Holland up front, Julian Alvarez, right. We talk about the people you're missing in this game, right? Rodri's the best defensive midfielder in the world. Um, Kevin De Bruyne, nobody's a better, you know, attacking midfielder, right? But it's not a new problem, right? And there's just, I didn't feel like there was anything in this game. Maybe I'm wrong, but did not feel like that goal was coming. No, I'd, I'd agree with you, Andrew. It was a very flat performance, Um kind of a tense game just all around, but city did look flat and it, it didn't feel like somebody was going to pop up and find that goal for them. And, you know, Rodri is a defensive midfielder, but you've seen a couple of times this year, uh, go back to the champions league final, obviously like where he's come up with some big goals and moments like that for city to get points. Like he's become, especially when De Bruyne is not out there, a, kind of an offensive force for this team even from a defensive midfield position um and then you don't have De Bruyne pulling the strings of getting Holland in or anything and yeah it's it's all starting to feel a little awkward right for City they they kind of feel like they're missing that cutting edge in the last few games and got away with it for a couple but now it's starting to bite them in the ass a bit more it seems Excuse me. And and yeah, the, the tough part about that is against a team like Arsenal, you think this would be the game they're able to get up for it, right? Um, like if this was a game against like Bournemouth at 6.30 in the morning or something like that, right? I would feel, I wouldn't be surprised, right? Usually City's good enough, they still win that game 1-0 or something like that, right? But at the same time, this is the you know, this is who you've been fighting for. You know, you guys had to come back against these guys last year. And, you know, I guess not to really take away from Arsenal, right? They won it. They they won the game, I think, definitely in the second half at least. I thought that they were the better team. Um, you know, it's a, deflective shot. it's a deflected shot that goes in. But when Martinelli came on, I, I kind of felt like that was what the uh, part of what the issue was. Um, and I, I, or well, issue from city standpoint, right. Um, because it just was a kind of fervent attack that they just haven't had anything to do that city didn't have any real answer for, for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, like I said, I, I lean more towards, this is just a weird game that bad bounce ends up bad, but you have to believe me because you couldn't listen to it. I said the same thing last week. And when you start stringing those together, you know, it gets, it's, 
at some point the rubber has to hit the road of like you can't just be the unlucky team that bad things happen to so two straight losses i believe it's the first time that they've dropped two straight lead games since 2018 i believe i heard which yeah is boxing crazy day. stat yeah. i was gonna ask where crazy you were in 2018 um that's a such a not long much time different to not lose two games in a row it's it is such crazy. a long time i honestly 2018 i don't know man uh, not doing much different than i'm doing now honestly just maybe 30 pounds lighter that's about the only <laughs> difference no, but it's, it, it, yeah. it, it feels crazy it's just not a pep's team's losing two games in a row because like with soccer you know what something you have to remember if you're you know more a fan of other sports is there's ties Right. So losing two, actually losing games means a lot more. Right. If you lose a baseball game, if you lose a football game, it's like, well, that was always going to happen pretty much. Right. And you're going to lose games. You're going to lose two games in a row. Heck, between my football team that I like and Spencer's football team, they mostly lose games pretty much exclusively. So um, I've seen them lose multiple games in a row before. Um, But to not to have a team be so good and dominant that you haven't lost two games in a row in the Premier League is just incredible, right? Because even if they lost one before, you eke out, you know, maybe that goal, maybe it doesn't get deflected here by Raya today. And, you know, it ends nil-nil in a kind of disappointing, you know, what should be a fun game, kind of a disappointing one. But um, good on Arsenal for going and getting it, right? I don't want it to just be – just because we got Mr. Manchester City here, I don't want to not give Arsenal – not give Arsenal their flowers because I definitely feel like City was not only flat but frustrated as well. Yeah, we definitely shouldn't just gloss over Arsenal. Like I said, I don't think it was the greatest performance by them, but they did frustrate City, which is impressive in itself. Um, and they found the goal that City couldn't find. Like like I said, there weren't a ton of clear-cut chances for either side, I felt like, in this game, but they got one to drop and City didn't. So, well on them. They move into second in the table and hop ahead of manchester city who's all the way down in third because they're all looking up to the other side of london andrew <laughs> yeah and and uh not not the not the side i'd like to talk about but um spurs and Postacoglu has got tottenham rolling here um sitting there they're technically tied with arsenal but they're sitting at the top of 20 points better goal difference um puts them up top there but um taking care of like good job by Spurs this weekend, taking care of business against Luton um, in the early game, which, you know, we've kind of talked about that early slot before. It's not a super easy, you know, guaranteed win. Um, Luton played them really tough. Van de Veen, Van de Ven gets the goal um, in the 52nd minute to kind of take care of them there. But that's been like the biggest difference I feel like for Spurs this year is they're, they're, playing in a style of football that can generate offense when last year it was like all their goals were or all their games were like one goal games and they were just on the wrong end of them because when all you do is defend eventually something goes wrong right um so yeah not a you know not a crazy game but this is the kind of like you have to take care of business against Luton, right and and spurs did that and they are reaping the rewards man here early in the uh early in the season yeah, Andrew, and they were due for a little bit of a boring win after what happened last week against Liverpool. This <laughs> bar controversy and all that—a um, quieter weekend. They just needed a quiet weekend. They've had a they've had a few crazy ones in a row, 
they just need to kind of a kind of a calm down, you know, get some housework done, you know, get lawn get ahead on laundry, that kind of thing. And that's what they had this weekend. They took care of business. Do you think because they were at Luton for this game, weren't they? Do you think they um showed up and they were like Oh, they booked a hotel for like after all the chaos last week. They booked a like nice little bed and breakfast, like like a getaway London. weekend. Yeah, they're like just <laughs> let's like relax, have a nice little weekend away. And they showed up, and they were just like, "What the fuck is this place? We're living in an alley, dude." <laughs> oh, they showed bed up. To the stadium. They showed. Terrible. They showed up. They showed up to the stadium. They kept checking the address. Like, is this? Is this right? Is this where it says we're okay? I guess. I mean, yeah, let us out here. I guess that's fine. We'll, we'll figure it out. You know, how the hell did this that place have three stars on Trivago? This is insane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the kind of thing we're like, did I put down the credit card already? Or oh, shoot. Okay, we did pay for it. Crap. All right. Yeah, I guess we'll figure it out here. But you know, sometimes you gotta you gotta select the travel insurance. Sometimes just in case, I guess for these scenarios. But you just gotta be you gotta be careful, man. When you when you when you vacation in Luton, you gotta be careful. You gotta but make sure it ends you're... up being a happy getaway trip for them because they get the points, like we said. They go top. All is well. Uh, look, they're fun. We've we've talked about it on the past here. They're fun this year. And Chasm playing some fun soccer. Is it sustainable? That's yet to be seen. They've had some really good luck in some games. They've had some crazy things happen. We'll see. But for now, just enjoy it if you're a Spurs fan. That's all I can really say because this has been a fun ride. And it's a fun team to watch. A Manchester City fan telling you to enjoy it as you momentarily sit atop the table. Uh, that is just how the Premier League has gone since apparently uh, Boxing Day 2018 is that a City fan can see you atop the table and just go, yeah, man, uh, enjoy that. That'll be that. That's fun for you. That's great. I'm glad you. I'm glad you had a good weekend. But you know, it's coming. Rodri's back coming. in one more game. One more game Is of no really? Rodri. Enjoy one it. One more game of no Rodri. Um, we did have some other fun games though over the weekend. Um, Manchester City uh, survived with their own personal talisman, a double, a late double from Manchester's favorite son, Scott McTominay. Something we all saw coming. Yeah, United with the back door. Like, what a bailout by Scott McTominay, because if they lose (laughs) that game It's nice evolution to see them bailing themselves out and not having the refs do it. Like in that game against, uh, was it Wolves this year? Craig Dawson, I think it was, got absolutely, you know. So it's nice of them to kind of evolve and let, you know, maybe them save themselves this time. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to take the wind out of your sails, but. No, I'm just you saying, saying that was like, oh yeah, we've been they've been saved late before, so it's nice of them to do it themselves this time. Yeah, it's it's nice to see them earn this one. It is an all-time bailout though by McTominay cuz Brentford have been, you know, we haven't talked about them a ton. They've been a, really a disappointing team this, so so far this year. They're really kind of struggling their second season in the prem this year, at least based off the standards they set um the year prior, year. but um Losing 1-0 up until so late, and McTominay just comes off the bench. The unlikeliest of heroes to find two goals, you feel like, on the entire field. But uh, all-time bailout, because that place would have become an all-time cesspool had they lost that game, you have to feel like, right? Because their fans are just bubbling over the start of the season. I believe it's their worst start, and something like, I don't know, some dumb Manchester United stat, like 89 years since, you know, whatever so sir bobby right, whatever they're, charlton they're, or whatever was they're there. playing with like a pig's bladder yeah it wasn't even a soccer yeah. ball 
Yeah, Genghis Khan was probably in attendance at the game the last time they had the Chabad <laughs> start. Noted United fan Genghis Khan. Um, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, no, this was uh, this Scott McTominay performance really gave off of shades of another one of Manchester's favorite sons, uh, Marijuan Fellaini. Um, <laughs> when he had that run, oh, you, I, I know you remember that. He had a run of basically just coming in late to games and they were bad that season too. Not that they're going to necessarily end up being bad, but they're in a tough spot. And I feel like half of their results that season were like Marilyn, Marilyn Fellaini headers. And the crazy thing about this one is even, you know, man, this is just a whole list of Manchester United's favorite sons, McTominay with two and then assist from Harry Maguire, former captain, get the armband ripped off of his arm, still coming through for, uh, for the boys here. For, um, worth the 70 million worth every penny for that assist andrew every penny and i can't i'm, I'm sure they're gonna put the armband back on him right um this kind of continues the other thing and like i saw bruno got the uh i'm looking at the high, the uh box score here and it says that bruno fernandez got the player of the game but i really it he's been really weirdly kind of anonymous and i know i said this a couple weeks a couple weeks ago i guess now that he was like just not really playing like himself, but um, gets the player of the game. I think he was crossing the ball in there to McTominay, so I'm sure he got a got an assist or something. But um, another weird Bruno game, man. I, I feel for Brentford um, giving up an equalizer that late, but but you know it's so much worse when you actually then give up the goal, the losing goal itself, and it's on set pieces. And there's nothing quite in soccer that's quite as frustrating as giving up a goal on set pieces. Because everybody was just kind of standing there beforehand. So you should have been aware of what they were trying to do. It's like, hey, why don't we get a tall guy to cover their other tall guy? Right? It's like when you, to me, it's like losing a game because you didn't shoot free throws well in basketball. It's like, what do you mean we, we fucked up free throws? The part where you stand there and you just go for it. It's like you fucked up the defense of a set piece when everybody, when the game literally stops and you had time to like organize it and make sure everything was good. Like, I don't know. Maybe, that, I, maybe I just feel it's the same way, but no. I mean, I think that's actually a great analogy. It's it's it is a shit like a kick in the dick way to lose a game is on like a set piece late or something because you're like, all we should do is just be nice and organized. Like say ninety sixth minute, yeah, ninety sixth minute. You're like up one or whatever, and you're like, oh, like set piece, but it's from like you know kind of far out. Like it's one thing when it's like close enough that you're in like I don't know jwp range and you're just like he's yeah. just catch into the back of the net it's another when it's like a long one or a corner or something you're like just yeah watch our lines, you know protect them and you know we'll, we'll get out of here just fine oh it's in the back of the net fuck yeah a non-worldly set piece loss is just a kick in the teeth there's not another way to say it so not meaning to shit on brentford here but just wanted to make sure we kind of relate how just how shitty that was and how mir- kind of miraculous it is that, you know, at the end of the day, if you put tall guys on the field and you kick the ball in the air, they do have the advantage, no matter how poorly they might be playing um, or what team they're playing for. Yeah, Andrew, um, big win for United that, you know, helps them out. Maybe that can spark them on a bit of a run to get out of this rut they've been in, but a team that's already found their light inside is your Woo! boys. At least both We're not both in hell here, Andrew. You guys have won no, two sir. straight. I've lost two straight. It's Freaky Friday in this podcast, Andrew. Yes, sir. How are you feeling? Chelsea rolling. Um, For real, it feels very good to go into a break 
um, on a good note because this is usually the time where the like midweek on an off week for the Premier League is like when the Chelsea toxicity like just boils over and all of a sudden people are tweeting insane things and crazy stories are getting written like because everybody's in a good mood like in this game um they go down early on just a horrific Mark Cucurella and um Sanchez the goalie um <clears throat> blunder um just po- like just like kind of the definition of poor defending and then former city man Raheem Sterling decides he's going to light the entire pitch on fire um, driving at defenders, gets a goal in this game, gets an assist in this game, draws a penalty, um, and and oh, and also makes them commit an own goal. So like, it's like one of those trivia questions where it's like, there's seven ways to get on base in a baseball game. Like, what are they? And you're like, oh, I could probably think of most of them. I can't think of any other way he could have contributed outside of taking a free kick and scoring or scoring from the penalty spot himself, because he caused an own goal, scored a goal himself, assisted a goal, and drew a penalty, right? That's like four of the ways you can score a goal or contribute to a goal, right? Outside of taking a free kick himself and actually scoring a penalty that, like, he didn't earn, I can't think of another way you would score. So just, like, a dominating performance from your boy Raheem Sterling. I do have to say, just to, you know, this isn't an attack. It was just a crazy stat I'd heard in the fallout from this game. Was this was like the first time? It's going to be an attack. It's a bit of an attack. I'm I'm sorry. Okay. I'm preemptively apologize. Well, but... it's nice. It's nice of Manchester City to put an attack together. <laughs> Bang! Zing. Got it. That That's yes, fair. Sir. That's fair. Like, right. kick, no, me while, kick me while I'm down, dude. Rodri back two games. Um, I'm happy we have players healthy enough to kick. <laughs> um. The Chelsea stat was this is the first game, the first league game they've scored four goals in since April of 2022. Way, that's way, that's that's upsetting because, you know, four goals is a lot, but it's not an unreasonable amount. But holy cow, that's for a, that's a sad stat. For a big six team that, like, you would think at some point even – through, I mean, in case you don't know the league schedule perfectly at home, that means that like the entirety of last season they went without scoring four goals in the game. You would think it, even through the doldrums of last season, at some point they would have beat the shit out of like, you know, somebody Everton or something, right? Yeah, but, and and yeah, it's like a get right game. You catch somebody on the wrong day, one or two own goals, right? Is not like unheard of. You know, I, I'd venture like most. What do you think? Do you think more than half the teams in a season score four goals in a game? It's like I just off like the guess. I don't. Close. I don't know, and yeah. I'm not going to look I feel it like up. It has to like, be close. Yeah, I bet it has to happen because it doesn't take more than like one crazy day, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to be the better team to end up with four goals by that much. Um, but Chelsea, we're the better team. Um, another Manchester City boy, Cole Palmer, uh, slots in the penalty. He also had an assist in this game. Cole Palmer's looking really good. You know, you guys don't know when to uh, keep and sell attackers. Something we've never been accused of, and it's definitely a Manchester City thing and not a Chelsea problem. Um, but no, really, really good game from the boys here, and we just need uh, everybody to stay healthy and get back because we do play Arsenal when we come back. Um, people are already complaining that Enzo and Caicedo probably won't get off the plane in time to be fully fit to uh, to play all the way from South America. So... 
love that. Just want to want to set that expectation. We but... hear you, Jurgen. We hear you. <laughs> um, but unless you got anything else, I think it's time to get into some international soccer before we get out of here. Because unlike the last international window, the boys, the United States men's national team, have a couple of intriguing games coming up here. Yes, they do, Andrew. I'm looking very much forward. It's about about as forward as you can amped up, I guess you could say, as, as amped up as you could be for a friendly, right? I'm somebody who notoriously is like, I don't give a shit about friendlies. So for me, like if it's even at like a three out of 10 on my, you know, get up for this game meter, that means it's a big, big friendly. And that's probably where we're about at with this one because it's a good measuring stick, right? We got a really strong squad going into this game. Um, I haven't seen Germany's squad, but you know, it's Germany. Even if they send their C squad, they're pretty fucking good. Uh, there'll be guys that we recognize and we're like, yeah, that guy, um, starts for the team that's in like, you know, second place in the Bundesliga. That's pretty cool. So it's always good to like have a measuring stick to see how the boys look. You, you hope the chemistry looks good with like. Like, we still haven't got to see Balogun that much in a U.S. jersey. Like, we saw him over the summer in the game against Mexico and what was that, the Gold Cup. But um, otherwise, we haven't seen a ton of him. I think he was here for another maybe friendly at some point. But you just want to see the boys. It's always exciting to see the boys play and play a team that will be at the World Cup next time around, you would think, for sure. A couple teams that will probably be at the world cup next time around that's that's always exciting andrew yeah and and it's it's we're taking on as we said well i don't know if we said it in the last episode of last week or the week before but we're taking on the entire letter g we got germany on saturday we got ghana on tuesday um and i just i really think it's a it's a fun it's fun to see your team go up against a measuring stick team like germany right now um it's going to be Julian Nagelsmann's first match as a new manager here so um you can you can look for kind of it being a a big it's a big game for Germany too right they're in a very weird time right now with their with their national team but looking at the I don't know if this is the official roster or the projected roster but we're getting the full full boat here man I'm seeing Sané Wurtz I'm seeing Leroy Sané it's looks like it's gonna be a good time, man. Yeah, I, I just did a bit of research on the fly here, Andrew, as you were talking, and it, it is a strong German squad. They're sending, yeah, like you said, Sane, Gundogan's in there, um, Sule, Rudiger, Hummels in defense, uh, Havertz, Muller, I mean, the, the usual suspects, right? Yeah. This isn't some, like I said, even if it is a German C squad, it is pretty strong. This is the usual suspects of German football uh, that we'll be facing off against. So that's just even more exciting and it, for the and boys it's, in and blue. it's our a squad too right like i'm very i would love to see how like a we will be down tyler adams but other than that we have a full full strength squad basically right um you know so like as much like i love our midfield right i love musa i love McKenney. whether they're gonna throw reyna in there <clears throat> playing against all these german guys that he's gonna be familiar with or they go with like a luca de la torre who's been playing very well you know me I love the midfield battle, right? If this group can hold their own against, you know, Kimmich, uh, Goretzka, Gundogan, right, type of group, 
then I my I'm gonna be through the moon on this, right? Um, would love to see the U.S. get a win. Would love to see you talk about Balogun like doing it against a big national team here. He's been off to a good start in his domestic season. Um, Turner holding up in goal, right? If we can just see the pieces look like look how good they are, and then our boy Christian is flying right now, right? Dominating, <clears throat> playing really really well for for uh, for AC Milan, and you just hope that that can kind of carry over in a way it never really did from playing well with Chelsea, right? We've never seen Pulisic coming in hot. This will be the first time we've seen him coming in hot. He's coming in scorching hot. Yeah, he had a couple of like those okay runs of form at Chelsea, but we never really got a it never coincided. prolonged. Yeah, right. We never got a prolonged one leading up to a window. So yeah, you hope he translates and something. We talked about on the Lost Tapes episode, Andrew, was just the dynamic of seeing Gio Reyna back in a camp that's coached by Greg Bearhalter. Like, yes. Know, yep. We, I'll be monitoring the Twitter space very aggressively over the next week and a half or so, seeing if there's any weird reports of Gio Reyna throwing tantrums or Greg Bearhalter having poopy pants in his diaper or what's going on there. So. Hopefully his just parents fun aren't of the game, you know, cool <laughs> stuff like that. It's always yeah. nice when you hope someone's parents don't show up. You know, that's a sign of uh of being secure in your relationship. It's like, oh, I hope I hope Gio's parents aren't here to cause another problem. Like, golly, man. It's that's where we are. Here we are. Um But yeah, I I it's the first game is super super intriguing um the game against ghana is really good too because i think i was looking at it earlier now i can't remember but i think the Ghanaian squad they called up is pretty good too because they've got uh afcon this year i think right i, I can just never to put, remember just to put, AFCON, just to put you on the spot in the worst way of like hey spencer when's afcon you know that right yeah um, i andrew i despise <laughs> AFCON. it's like a mickey mouse tournament that's in the middle of the year i think it's so mickey mouse that i just try to pretend it doesn't happen every year and Thankfully, I support a club that hasn't had too many guys affected by that. Mares, we used to always go out. Even he's out the door now, so I'm not as worried about it. But, yeah, um, maybe. I, I, th- I think I did see the Ghana squad also. It did look pretty strong. A lot of the guys that were there at the World Cup for them. So, two real good tests for the boys, Andrew. Yeah. It'll it'll be good. I saw Mohamed Kudis is going in, um, going into the squad here. And they play Mexico, too, so... Another good game to watch on on Saturday if you want to spend the time doing that of um, just good competitive soccer and uh, yeah I, I'm I'm really excited for this weekend it's it's one of the better non Premier League um, windows we've gotten in a long time right that isn't just kind of mush and then hoping like to catch one of these weird European games that they either care about or don't care about right so. Um, It'll be good for that, man. But um, yeah, unless you got anything else, that's a good wrap up of wrap up of last week. We don't always have a ton for you guys going into the uh, the international break here, but um, unless you got anything else, Spencer, I think we're about ready to wrap it up today. Give you guys a quick one. Yeah, quick one. Uh, we would be remiss to not talk about very quickly that um, we have a massive podcast derby this weekend of me and andrew playing in fantasy football both of us <laughs> flying high at it'll be a one going bad. into the game andrew insists that uh, okay look i will say it is one of the when you look at andrew's 
point differential. It is one of the craziest four and ones. It's actually a statistical the, anomaly in and of itself. The, the X, to put it in soccer terms, the uh, the XG gods have not been uh, have not been kind to the squad here. We do have a lot of injuries. To be fair, we are we are uh, struggling for fitness. To borrow to borrow the vernacular here. But hey, you're you're riding the wave, Andrew. And in, you know what they say: it's better to be lucky than good. I, I told you, I am convinced that even though my team has been flying of late, that they will probably put up all of about eighty points this week, about half of what they've been putting up lately. And you'll you might squeak another one out. Like I am, this is the most anxiety I've had going into a matchup so far this year. So, um, so, so both. Let's just paint an accurate picture here for the people. Okay, both teams are four and one. Um, Spencer has scored 583 points this year, and I have scored the least out of any team, 461 points. So he has scored 120 more points than I have, and I have actually scored the least amount of points in this entire 10-team league. So um, I'm looking at this 4-1 and one and deciding to be happy with four wins because I might not get any more the rest of the season. So I'm going to be happy with my uh, four and twelve record and uh, try to get a first round pick next year. Hey, just sneak into the playoffs, baby. That's American sports for you. You sneak into playoffs and you get into magical season. You never know what happens then. You got hey, some as long as I avoid the drop. <laughs> so you avoid the drop. Some sneak in the playoffs. Have some fourth string running back that none of us ever heard of before, like for, except for like two weeks before, and he just goes off for do... thirty points. We should do a uh, we should do a relegation next year, and it'll be an eight team league, and two people will drop out, and the two people who aren't in the league have to play um, in their own league. Two people, just one against one, every weekend, and it's kickers only, kickers and punters. <laughs> you get like net, so you're worried. So instead of being in the fun league with all our friends, you have to be worried about like your net punt. Like, oh, a touchback, Jake Fox? Are you shitting me right now, man? gonna kill your net what are you talking about i'm gonna lose a spencer for sure i think it i think something something we should try to figure out as a a relegation punishment i'm i'm totally in favor of um putting something like that in but if i ever get relegated i'll probably just quit because if i have to live and die on punts every weekend i i'm gonna need a new channel to watch like red (laughs) zone's not gonna cut it i'm gonna need a punt zone i have to write a Uh, strong worded letter to the nfl Not, not red zone but dead zone Dead zone, yeah. Yeah, dead ball zone. I need something and like that. And we flip over to Baltimore, who's got a punt coming up, and you're like, oh, come on, baby. Just put it in the corner. Put it in the corner. I mean, yeah, we watched, I mean, corner, me, that bitch. Me and you spend a lot of our weekend watching people kick things anyways. What's one more day? What's seven That's hours of commercial-free punting? Um, but uh, that is That's a scenario. Holy shit. Um, but unless you got anything else, until next time, buddy, I think we are, uh, I think we are good to go, and you are going to beat me by – I'm going to say 58 points in fantasy this week. A conservative 58 is the number I'm setting at for the over-under. That's where the line is. 57 points, that's cash that bet on me. I think that's uh, the closest we can get. I I will say that if I beat you by 58 points and I only score like 80, that'd be a really bad week for your boys. But I guess we'll we'll wait and see. We'll keep you guys updated. A couple questionables to code. A couple questionables questionables become out and it's not even this 32 percent i have to win this week is out the window my <laughs> but we'll, we'll keep you guys posted we'll circle back next week when we uh convene to talk about these friendlies and such and look ahead to the next week in the games but 
Until then, subscribe, uh, follow the Twitter at Fish Fries Pod, email fishandfriespod at gmail.com. Any questions, comments, concerns, yada, yada, yada. Um, fantasy football suggestions for Andrew and I. Uh, what fourth string running back <laughs> we should pick up because they're going to go off in the playoffs. I would love that intel. So playoffs. Keep us posted. Playoffs. <laughs> keep about us the posted. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> That's all I got, man. Jim Mora. Um, Yeah, unless you got anything else, buddy, I think we're ready to get out of here. Let's do it. I'll see you between the virtual lines on Sunday, my friend. Well, starting tonight, I got Travis Kelsey going on a bum ankle. I got nobody because there's a good team playing, so I don't have any of their players. (laughs) But till then, I'll see you between the virtual lines, my friend. All right. I'll see you, buddy.